You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 35. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Heart Food Podcast. As always, I'm so appreciative that you've tuned in today. And this episode is a follow-up to last week's episode, which was all about uh, how I gave up alcohol. It's definitely very scary to put that episode out for me. Um, And in light of last week, uh, today is June, uh, Sunday, June 10th. So just two days before the podcast is coming out. But um, this week was really tough with um, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain's suicides and Normally, I'm not one to really like uh, glorify celebrities or anything like that, but probably like many of you, I felt um, an extremely close connection to Anthony Bourdain and um, not to diminish Kate Spade at all, um, but I felt an extremely close connection to him, a certain level of intimacy, like I knew him and as somebody who has suffered from anxiety and depression my whole life, which um, we'll get into a little bit later, but I knew that he had that darkness inside of him as well. He openly talked about the fact that he was a drug addict and, you know, he drank a lot and was a workaholic. So he definitely had like that addict gene, but for somebody to be so uh, eloquent and kind. You could just tell that he had such a beautiful and sweet soul that he was like a really good man. Um, you know, somebody who was able to connect with so many different types of people of all different levels and who showed us so much about culture and travel and food as connection. Um, obviously you know that I feel that as well. I love using food to bring people together, to to cook for people and to make them happy. And I love people who love food and who understand that about food. Like literally, they're my favorite types of people in the world. And obviously, he had that gastronomic curiosity that brought him to literally the ends of the earth to um, explore that on his on his shows and his writing and how brilliant he was. Um, but I always looked up to him in that sense, like, wow, look what he's doing. And he feels that darkness and he lives with that darkness. And I always kind of looked at him like a beacon and, you know, for, as a voice for many of us who feel that way. And for that reason, his death just hit me really hard. Like I never thought I would be 
first of all, I never expected him to go so soon, but I never expected myself to feel so connected to uh, a celebrity's death. Somebody who I'd never met before, but who had follow, who had fo- I had followed diligently for many, many years um, through no reservations and his books and parts unknown and everything. And because of that, I just have felt lately to, I mean, I've been feeling that this year to just be more vulnerable, to really speak about my story, to not um, just talk about like surface things, even though I love those. I love talking about cooking. I love talking about business and I love educating, Uh, but that's really not all there is. So, you know, with last week's episode, which obviously was recorded before any of this, I had already felt that urge to uh, be more vulnerable and to be a little bit more honest with you guys to dive deeply, more deeply into my story and what I've been through. Because, you know, from the outside, you probably would never tell that I suffer from these things, that I have had lots of mental health struggles throughout my life. Um, and now I feel even more inspired to let you know that, like, I deal with these things a lot, uh, not so much lately, but like it's always there lurking. And because of that, I have to be really, really diligent about my eating, my exercise and my self-care and my sleep, um, no matter what anybody else thinks, like I'm just really dedicated to it. And it is kind of the opposite of what we are kind of taught in society to, especially with alcohol, like to stay out late and to skip your workout in the morning. It's okay. Like if you're hungover or whatever, and like that just doesn't work for me. So I've really gained a lot of strength in in doing what's best for me and, you know, leaving places early, not going out late and just doing what is best for me. And it does not come without like eye rolls and annoyance of others, but I just want to encourage you to do what's best for you and to share your story. Uh, I know that we connect with people on a deeper level once we can really see all of them, all of themselves. And the podcast is going to kind of, not that it's going to go in a different direction, but it's definitely going to get deeper. Um, and I can't wait to share those things with you. Uh, today's episode is going to be all about the lessons I learned from giving up alcohol. We're going to be going through six different lessons. So this is probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. We will see. I hope um, it is a little shorter than than usual. Next week, my friend, my very good friend, Jessica Orr is going to be on the show. We're going to be talking about um, hormonal fat loss and how to kind of like embark on that journey in a healthy and sustainable way and what hormones have to do with our bodies and the way that they work and the way that um, the body signals uh, other mechanisms within it to make fat loss happen. So, um, and we also talk a lot about mindset. I actually recorded this episode a couple weeks ago with her, but we go really through everything through stuff like woo-woo stuff, through the way we think about ourselves, you know, self-esteem, our stories. So, um, I really want to continue to bring on guests that are not afraid to go into all levels of themselves and same thing with me. And I just really feel a need to show up in a different way, um, and just be more open because for so long I have felt shame about potentially who I am and, um, you know, who I have turned out to be not anymore. Uh, 
definitely in the past, but now as I have accepted myself and who I am, I'm able to live more authentically and connect deeper with people who are like me, you know, people who are very sensitive, who are um, empaths, people who um, just need to take better care of themselves and are possibly susceptible to mental health struggles. So in sharing my own story, I know that... um, you know, it possibly gives you the permission to share yours. I'm not saying everybody has to go out and bear their soul. It is not easy at all. Even as I say this now, it's scary, but um, we need your voice. And actually, uh, if you guys aren't on my email list, I would encourage you to come on if you want to hear more about that stuff, like what I'm talking about. I really speak intimately here, but I also write very intimately to my email list, uh, usually once a week, sometimes every other week. Uh, It's been kind of every other week lately because I've had a lot going on, but it's going to be every week going forward. Usually on Thursday or Fridays, I send the email. There's going to be a link to it in the show notes. You can also go to my website, ashleypardo.com, sign up for updates for from my kitchen to yours. you can click that and get on there. But I wrote an email this past week that was probably the most intimate thing that I've ever written, really detailing my struggles with anxiety and depression. Um, and I was so scared <laughs> to send it. Like I remember after a couple hours after I heard the news about Bourdain, I was talking to Derek and I was like, you know what? I think I, I think I just need to say everything. And he was like, you know, he's always trying to protect me and, and figure out what's best. And he was like, you know, I don't know. Um, like, are you sure? And I was like, you know what, if people, he was just worried like that I would, um, you know, deter certain people from like being in my, on my email list or as customers or whatever. And I was like, which is a normal thought. Like, I think a lot of us think that like, oh no, what are people going to think? Are they going to unsubscribe or whatever? And I was just like, you know what? Whoever unsubscribes from that list, because I am telling who I really am, I don't want them anyway. So really going in with that mindset, being so scared to send that email, which I think we should all kind of have that attitude. It's not easy, but you don't have to be for everyone. And if you have an opinion, you're usually not going to be, which is something that Bourdain really inspired me about. He's like, if everybody watches an episode of mine and they're all cheering, you know, I got to run and do do something else. So I really, really just opened up the curtain to my life and my past and my history with all of this. And it got the biggest response I have ever seen on an email that I've ever written in two years. So I got uh, more than a dozen replies back. I've had people text me. I was at a party last night and a woman, actually a former client of mine, came up to me and was like, oh my God, that email you wrote, uh, I'm going to share it with my daughter. And we're all in this together. We all go through things. And I think that like living with this pretense of us being perfect, of not having anything wrong can be really detrimental. And I know that to many others, like I, you know, might speak well and I look really put together and I know I don't really like show anything but, um, coolness, like, well, wait, not coolness. Like, you know, just like a sense of calm and cool, uh, you know, 
but beneath the surface, sometimes it's not always like that. And I think that like collectively, if we can all do this, then it'll really make a big difference in the world. We won't feel so much shame for feeling what we feel, especially because, um, for me, I felt a lot of shame because like, I always had a perfect life, quote unquote, perfect, like great parents, uh, who gave me like literally every single opportunity ever in my life. I went to amazing private schools. My college was paid for. They, you know, gave me every single resource I ever needed, uh, tutors, coaches, um, you know, anything I, doctors, like anything I needed, my parents have given to me, um, and more. They have done way more for me than, you know, most parents are ever expected to. They still do. They go above and beyond. Uh, you know, they took us on vacations. And again, I was educated. I have a master's degree. Like I'm, you know, I am smart. I have all these different things. And still I deal with, um, you know, anxiety definitely daily and depression from, you know, pops up in my life from time to time. It's been about three years since it's been really, really bad, but I know that it could always come back. And that's something that I'm cognizant of. Um, So we have Jess's podcast next week on, let's see. um, Okay. We have Jess's podcast is going to come out on the 19th. So on the 26th or the week after that, um, the 26th or let's see. Okay. So the 26th of June or July 3rd is going to be the anxiety podcast of anxiety and depression. I'm really going to tell my whole story about it and what has helped me and the resources. It'll be out one of those two days. So just stay tuned, but I will keep you guys posted, but let's get right into the lessons learned from the alcohol story. So I spent the last episode really talking about what happened and just kind of like saying what I had been through today. I want to talk about the lessons and I'm going to go through six of them really quick. Quitting alcohol is like, like I said in the episode, one of the best things I've ever done for myself, if not the best thing. And I find that so amazing because I never, ever thought that I would be able to do that. I never thought I would make this decision. I never, I always thought alcohol would be a part of my life with the culture that I'm from, you know, really, um, you know, connected to wine, me studying wine, me being like this, like gastronomical person. Um, I just always pictured myself like on the weekends, like in boozy dinner parties and dinners and stuff. Um, so removing it was not something I ever thought I would do and not something that I ever would feel called to do. But as always, anything that I feel that kind of like, you know, tug at me to do it, it's like, shit, now I actually have to do this, Um, which is going into my first lesson, which you can do a lot of things that you think that you can't. And actually removing things from your life sometimes that you don't think that you can give up is extremely beneficial, which is why I think that, you know... Whole30 is an amazing thing to do. Just look that up, whole30.com if you haven't heard of it. Uh, If you feel an obsession with something or something that you think that you need all of the time, it is extremely beneficial to remove it for a time period. Um, Doesn't mean that it's not going to be scary. Doesn't mean that you're not going to feel like doing it. 
but that's exactly why you should do it. And I understand like that's not for everybody. This is definitely like a growth mindset of believing that um, you can do things that you can't, believing that you can be better, believing that you can grow and become flexible and kind of mold yourself into somebody different. But you can really do things that you think that you can't, whether that is, um, you know, applying for a job, quitting your job, uh, beginning a new business. Um, if you're single, maybe asking somebody out on a date or, you know, just really scary, scary things, you know, being, uh, having a hard conversation with a loved one, with your parents, with your sister, with whatever it is, if you don't think that you can do it, um, you can. And that leads me into my next lesson, which is, The only way that we can figure out that we can actually do stuff that we think that we can't is by doing it. So seems counterintuitive, especially in this culture where we're told like, you know, just wait until you're ready and, um, you know, give yourself patience, give yourself time. And I do believe in that. I do believe in a high level of self-love and self-care and self-awareness and really not being too hard on yourself. I really believe in a good gentleness, but I also believe in doing hard shit. Like I'm a big believer in just doing something that sucks every single day, whether that's exercise or like sitting in a meditation, that stuff is never comfortable. I almost never want to do it, but the only way that you get comfortable in doing things that you don't want to do or don't think that you can do is by actually doing them. You're not going to feel ready like really ever in your life. So why not just do it now? And by exposing yourself and exposing yourself to that thing, not thinking that you can doing do it, and then surviving it, you know, just, and the tool here is to be present throughout the process, like without judgment, just be there and be present. That's all you need to do. You don't need to think about, um, you know, six hours from now or even like six years from now. Me thinking 10 years down the line, not drinking is very uncomfortable for me, but I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking about like today and it's very easy for me to do what I need to do today. And, you know, just think about maybe like the next 10 seconds, like Anne Lamott, who is one of my favorite writers ever. She wrote the book, uh, bird by bird, which is required reading for, um, you know, somebody who wants to be an amazing writer, somebody who wants to, gain a different and deeper understanding on life. But, um, she talks about like keeping a little, uh, stamp on her or no, that's a Brene Brown thing. Um, she talks about like a car and headlights and, you know, you don't have to see the whole road. You just have to see what's illuminated in front of you. So like go slow, stay present throughout the entire thing. Notice, but notice that, or know that if you want to give something up, you're going to have to expose yourself to that discomfort, see that you survive it, and then you gain the confidence. So the confidence doesn't just come. You don't have to feel confident to do these things. You do it first and then you gain confidence. So expose yourself to things that you don't want to do, whether that's alcohol or giving up coffee, if it's not working or whatever it is, just expose yourself first. And it gets a lot easier. I know for me, Uh, but thinking that not drinking was going to be a nightmare if I went out. Um, 
and just really kicking and screaming about it. Like, how am I ever going to ever have a social life if I don't drink? And it was really the one time that I forced myself to go to a friend's birthday party where there was like dancing and karaoke and a lot of people and a ton of drinking. And I just committed to myself that I was not, I had to do something the next day, which if I would have drank, then it never would have happened. I never could be able to show up for myself the next day if I drank. So um, I committed to myself like, okay, I don't want to lose out on my social life because social health social health is a part of health, but I do need to not drink today. And by just sitting in it and being in that discomfort, it really dissipated throughout the night and I ended up having an amazing time. And from that point, it got easier. You know, I still feel a little bit of discomfort sometimes, but it's really not that bad and I know I can get through it, but only because I decided to do it that first time. The third lesson is friendships. Um, This is one that has taken me, that has been hard for me to kind of learn, but I realized that a lot of my friendships were based in alcohol. And once I took alcohol out of the equation, I was like, wow, what what do I have in common with many of my friends? Um, It was very hard. And um, my relationships with those friends have definitely changed. I know that I might not get like invited to everything. Um... And that was definitely like, you know, a hard pill to swallow at first, but uh, through time I realized it's really for the best and like, it's okay. And throughout life you change and your friends change too. And that is perfectly all right. Um, As I've changed throughout my life, my friends have changed. And every time kind of like, you know, I might be grasping a friendship that might not be working anymore because I've changed or the other person has changed. Um... I might be grasping at it, but the moment I let it go and kind of accept that um, it's not really a good, maybe healthy friendship anymore, or just one that isn't fitting in this time in our lives, a new friend comes along. Um, So you really need to have that energetic space in order for somebody else to come into your life that maybe has like similar values to you right now that you can connect with. Because I used to really want to save friendships and oh my God, but like, you know, things change throughout life and and that's okay too. And then you can really realize who your true friends are. Once you take alcohol out of the equation, like really think about who's really going to be there for you and who you can really laugh and have conversations with sober. Like, because I know a lot of my conversations and friendships were based in like just being drunk and that was super fun, but like it wasn't necessarily real. Um, You know, if you have fun with somebody sober and have fun with them drinking too, like that's fine. But like, if it's only when you're drinking, I mean, I guess it just depends on what type of friendship you want. I'm not really into surface friendships. If if I'm going to invest time in somebody, it needs to be like a deep connection, something very intimate. And I'm very into like, you know, just real conversations and being genuine and having like, you know, emotional uh, connections with friends. So like, my friendships now are much deeper and very amazing and sister-like. It's I feel like a sisterhood and a camaraderie with my friendships. Um, and that's something that I've able been able to solidify really because of my um, you know, my decision to to quit drinking for the most part. The fourth lesson is that you deserve to feel amazing. I think most of us in this life just don't know that we can feel really good. I think that we 
kind of accept the status quo or just like a mediocre way of feeling. And that's not how we're supposed to feel. If you're like hungover every single weekend, like, you know, if that's the way you like to feel and you're okay with it, maybe like you feel good Monday through Friday, maybe you're hungover one of the days or like you're hungover and then you work out and you can feel good, like totally fine. If whatever you're doing is worth it to you and you feel good and, you know, like sweating out your alcohol, um, makes you feel awesome and like it's worth it to you, that's fine. None of this conversation has anything to do with judgment. Um, I need to reiterate that because I know a lot of people who still drink, uh, listen to this podcast. And like I've said, literally everybody in my life, um, 99% of people, probably a hundred percent of people in my life, uh, drink and that's perfectly fine. Like I said, there's zero judgment. I'm just sharing for, um, you know, for people out there who, who might be going through something similar. But we, once I took away alcohol, I was like, whoa, like this is how I can feel on a Saturday, on the weekends, on a Sunday. Um, I had no idea that this was waiting for me. And this is how it's non-negotiable for me to feel like this most of the time. I mean, I understand like sometimes we're going to be bloated or tired or whatever, especially as women, we change through our cycles, but, um, we just, this is our birthright to feel this good and you can really feel awesome. And I know for me that walking around with like a headache and um, just kind of half filled with energy and half of my vitality and half of that glow um, just is not worth it. And I encourage you to try it just maybe 30 days and see what a difference you feel, especially with the food too, if you have good nutrition to go along with it and you exercise, even if you just walk for like an hour a day, you will see a huge, huge, huge difference. Another thing, lesson five, is that fun is different for everybody. So in, especially in this society, alcohol is glorified. It is, you know, the elixir to good times. And especially like wine. Um, you guys know I love wine. I love like the dinner parties. I love the haze of like being buzzed and laughing with friends. And that is fun, of course. But like, I felt so bad about myself so many times because I just like didn't want to go out to a bar or I didn't want to go out super late to somebody's house and I didn't want to do all of these different things, be at really loud places where I can't hear people, um, be like at pool parties during the day where everybody's drinking. Like that's just not for me and my type of fun uh, doesn't have to be everybody else's type of fun. And if I would have known that, it would have saved me so many years of shame and really feeling just bad about who I was because I wasn't like everybody else. So I just want you to know this. Um, I just want you to know that this um, is possible for you as well, that you don't have to think that you have to be somebody else, you can fully be yourself and it is okay to, to do that and um, to really honor what it is that you need in life to operate, especially if you're a highly sensitive empath, which I know many of us listening to this podcast are, many of you listening to this podcast we like quiet things. Like I really love reading during the daytime. Like that feels like 
dessert to me, like indulgence, like sitting on my couch and reading with like a candle and my dog and like have it be really cold in my house with the air conditioning with like a comfy sweater and a blanket. That to me is heaven. And maybe having like Derek there with me too. Um, that's heaven to me. Um, you know, going to markets and cooking and walking in nature and spending time with my parents, um, and spending time with friends, either going out, um, you know, to their house or, you know, to a coffee shop or something like just things that are quiet and, um, kind of introverted, those are things that really, really appeal to me. Just having like really intimate conversations and being able to hear people and, you know, to see people because now as you go through your adult life, we really have limited time. So I don't want to spend that time just doing things I don't want to do. And that really took like a strength in myself to say that to myself and to really honor that and to know that I was okay and still valuable and worthy, even though I'm not like most people out there. So I hope that resonates with you. The last one is to let your old self die if you are feeling that. I talked about in the alcohol episode about how I had this identity of this person who would go out at any time, who would go out to all you can drink events and just like be that person taking full advantage of it, being known as like that fun, crazy person um, who would try any food, who would stay up with you till three in the morning. And I prided myself on that identity of just like being the girl that was down for whatever, to do whatever, to have fun. Um, if you guys watch Real Housewives, kind of like Vicky, like that woohoo type of um, woman, like that was me for so many years. And so many of my friends knew me as that. So to, especially like as I developed my food sensitivities, which then like I had my alcohol sensitivity, all of that went away. And I definitely went through a period of grief where I just didn't know who I was because everything that defined me and everything that I thought I would be for the rest of my life, you know, being this woman who continued to drink and just eat whatever, who didn't really put a focus on her health or her well-being, I thought I would be that person forever. And it was very comfortable for me to stay there. Um, but the more I held on to that person, the more it depressed me because I was not her anymore and I'm not her. So I really had to go through a period where I had to like let go of that and let her die in order to become that new person. And what I had to go through is, you know, different for everybody, but um, you have to consciously allow yourself to be who you're going to become. And you need to take the action steps to do that. And if people are going to leave your life because of that, trust me, new ones are going to come in and they're going to be better for you at this time. So those are the six lessons. I really wanted this to be a shorter episode, something a little bit um, just quicker than the last one. But I want you to know that this episode, even though it's about alcohol, it's really just about doing what's best for you and honoring yourself and making the sometimes tough decisions to not give yourself everything that you want. So hope you guys um, have a great rest of your day or night, um, wherever you are. And I look forward to talking to you soon. 
Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.